I've been making a study of instances in the scriptures where it speaks of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And the reason that I am making this study is because of, you could say, a hypothesis that I've had for a long time. And the hypothesis was that the second coming of Jesus Christ was not the thing that I was led to believe, or that if it is, that there is a broader and more full understanding of what is meant in those passages, which applies to a broader spectrum of people who have lived throughout the history of the earth. And surprisingly, what I'm discovering is that it appears that I am supported in the thing that I suspected. I'm finding that in all of the passages that speak about Christ returning, the language surrounding those passages is all extremely figurative and poetic. And in almost every single instance, it speaks of his coming as a tumultuous experience, an experience which raises up and tears down and changes and refines I come like a refiner's fire and a fuller's soap. And that the language is veiled in mystery. Even the very language that speaks about his coming, saying, I come in a cloud with many angel, with my angels, I can't remember the exact wording, um, coming in the cloud with all of the angels of heaven or something to that effect. And the reason this has been on my mind is because of my own experience and the experience of others who have encountered Jesus Christ in their personal lives. And inevitably, when he comes into a person's life, it is tumultuous. It tears up. He speaks like many waters coming from many different places. And those that are called to follow him inevitably are misunderstood by those around them. They appear to be either crazy or evil because they go against the, the ways, against the traditions, the false and wicked traditions into which their families, their society, etc., are steeped. And so he comes like a thief in the night, more poetic language. He comes like a thief in the night, two in a bed and one is taken, two in a field and one is taken, like a sword dividing asunder relationships. And valleys are raised up, and mountains are brought low. And those that have waited for him see him coming in a cloud. 
him and all his angels. It would probably be easier if they could see him literally, because then they would fully know. But instead, they are feeling out for one that they cannot see because he is in a cloud. Him and his angels, his messengers, who speak to them out of the cloud. And so they have to exercise faith in him. And this also gets them into trouble. Because the world teaches us to put our faith in mammon. To not believe in things you cannot see. And here is where the literal actually meets the figurative. But it's something that I have not yet experienced. And that is that it says that there were some whose faith was so great that they saw with their eyes those things which they had seen with the eye of faith. There are others who, when he comes, they, they, they are not happy with the tumult, and they turn away, and so they never see. There's two in a bed, and they are not taken. And they cannot even see him figuratively. They can't imagine a thing within the cloud. All they can see is that their world is being torn up. All they can see is that something is tearing down all that they are trying to make of themselves. But like I said, there are those who, whose faith was so great, right, that they saw with their eyes that which they had seen with the eye of faith, and the veil is rent, and then they know. So this is one of the gifts of God, right? There are those who have actually seen Christ in vision, in dream. And for these, this is kind of fascinating to me, we talk about the second coming of Jesus Christ. For these, it is his second coming, <laughs> He came once in the meridian of time, and then he came to them a second time, um, personally. And many of the scriptures, I actually am not to this in my study yet, but I'm just from memory, I'm remembering there are some particularly in the New Testament that point to the idea that this is the reward of the faithful, a personal appearance. And in a sense, this, this makes a lot of sense. There are all these scriptures pointing to this idea of a second coming. Does it really make sense that, that they would, these scriptures would be so central within the Christian faith and yet only apply to a small little sliver of people who exist at the very, very end of the world? Doesn't it make more sense that he might be talking about the way that he appears, the pattern for which he comes after his coming in the flesh, and that that applies to all those who read it and are inspired by it. Now, I suppose it is possible at the very end, in fact, I'm actually very much open to this idea that there could come a time when he would appear kind of to the earth in a sense. But it appears to me, though, because it speaks in the scriptures that this literal appearing is a reward for the righteous. So it would only make sense to me that the only time that he could appear to the world is a time in which the world has been cleansed from its iniquity. 
it appears to me that the only way that he appears to the wicked is in tumults, in the tearing down of things and the rising up of things and the, the, the just throwing their lives into tumult. That's, that's all of the scriptures surrounding his coming imply this. And that somehow that experience, it, uh, I think one of the latter books in the Old Testament says, um, it's like a refiner's fire and a fuller's soap. So, so for many, they don't even believe that it was Christ coming to them. It was just earthquakes. And he says, I will come with earthquakes. I will speak with earthquakes and with lightnings. So again, this is all figurative language. You know, it doesn't really describe the way that a human being speaks out of his mouth. You know, it's like, it's like, and if he's, if his voice is an earthquake, well, you certainly can think it's just an earthquake. And so, the only place that I can see that it refers to actually appearing to people in a literal way seems to be in reference to a reward to the righteous, a reward to those who have believed and who have waited for him. And another time, we'll talk about you know this definition of righteous because it is connected to belief and faith, and not so much to the idea that um, that we've had of being outwardly perfect in all of our actions. But that's for another time.